grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. When Luther commented on our text tonight from Genesis 32, he called it one of the most obscure Old Testament lessons that few know how to make sense of it. Perhaps the verses I just read will help us to understand both the Genesis text and the gospel reading this week as they approach the same idea. There are times in our lives where our God allows things to happen to us, perhaps things we'd rather not have happen to us. They do not happen because of God's absence, nor are they punishment. Rather, God disciplines us as a father does his children, with this being the end goal, the strengthening of our faith. This was the result of Jacob's wrestling with Jesus. The context of the nighttime battle was that Jacob was preparing to meet his brother Esau, whom he feared greatly. It had been decades since they had seen each other, since Jacob had cheated Esau out of his birthright. The last time they were together, their father Isaac had just died, and Esau was planning to get his revenge by killing Jacob. And he might have, had not Rebekah sent Jacob away to his uncle Laban. By now, a reunion was inevitable. And Jacob feared his brother immensely. In the years that had passed, Esau had increased greatly. And just before our text, he was headed to meet Jacob with an army of 400 men. In an attempt to soften his brother and gain mercy from him, Jacob sent everything he had across the river ahead of him, his wife and children especially, and he remained back alone. The text says that then a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Jacob had remained on the other side of the river by himself to pray. He was filled with fear and anxiety about what lay ahead. And just then a man, whom the text later indicates is God, came and wrestled with him. And this was not a friendly battle. It was a fierce fighting that lasted the whole night. It resulted even in Jacob's hip being dislocated. Through the battle, Jacob must have been tempted to doubt God's promises, to doubt that he would be made into a great nation and that the Messiah would come from his flesh. Still, he held on to the promises and, and he prevailed against God. The result of the struggle was that he was strengthened in his faith. The Lord blessed Jacob and said, 
your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. The particulars are different, but Jacob's experience is sometimes not so different from our own. We live in a creation corrupted by sin, and this corruption has set in deep. Everything kind of festers. At different times in our lives, everything seems to fall apart. It could be a situation at work or the, the lack of paying work. It could be the breakdown of a relationship or a lasting friction. What seems most common is a lasting, persistent failure or difficulty with our health. These things cost us time, they cost us money, and no small amount of heartbreak and prayer. In a way, we also begin to wrestle with God. It is He who allows these things to befall us. We need to be very careful when we follow down this line of thinking, however. We must distinguish between what God allows and what He wills. There is a difference. We know that God's will toward us is always good. The scriptures tell us this. The sacrifice of his own son for our sins bears the greatest witness of how God feels about us. Nevertheless, he does allow affliction to befall us. Why? So that he can bring us through it and strengthen our faith in the process. That's why Jesus behaved as he did toward the Canaanite woman and toward Jacob. Though his silence toward her and his battling with Jacob through them, he brought out both of them a strengthened confession of faith. They both knew that the Lord is good, that he is gracious and kind. They knew that God is not a man, that he should go back on his promises, but that he keeps them forever. And for them, he did keep his promises. Jacob grew into a great nation, and Jesus did come from his line according to the flesh. The Canaanite's woman, daughter, was healed of her demon. So also will the Lord deliver us from our afflictions. He has promised to never leave us or forsake us. And every promise that he makes, he keeps. He has promised to forgive us our sins and raise us to eternal life. And he will. When disaster does befall us, it is not because God is punishing us or has abandoned us. It is so that he might strengthen our faith when we see him deliver us through it. And we have experienced that. We have all been through suffering that the Lord later lightened by his grace. And what was the result? That we now trust in him even more. 
Let us therefore conclude tonight with some of St. Paul's words to the Corinthians. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 1. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of, of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.